The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. This is Inside Sports. Sashi Mamla, the first South African to get 300 in a test match. Your country salutes you. Inside the News. Just gone eight minutes past eight. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Inside Sport, a brand new sports show right here on the Voice of the Cape, where we cover all the latest news and chat to past and present sports stars as well. I am your host, Firo Sheikh, and before I chat to my first guests, uh, let's catch up with the latest news coming through. Now, if you missed the news coming through from yesterday, one of our sporting icons sadly passed on. Former Natal uh, left arm spinner Babu Ibrahim passed away yesterday in Durban at the age of a seventy-seven in Alilahi, where in now, the latest coming through from the other codes of sport uh, this evening. Uh, let's catch up from uh, Old Trafford now, where England is taking on the West Indies. It's day four there. England were 37 for two at Stumps. West Indies were bowled out for 287 in their first innings earlier in the day. England made 469 for nine, declared in their first innings. Lewis Hamilton, he won the Hungarian Grand Prix, followed by Max Verstappen and uh, Valtteri Bottas. So, well, Bournemouth almost uh, relegated there. They uh, lost two today to Southampton uh, so they got a struggle there in the one game left uh, highly unlikely that they are going to make it into uh, to the Premier League uh, Premiership next season uh, Tottenham Hotspur they thrashed Leicester City 3-0 as well Harry Kane netted it twice there for Tottenham and the latest two coming through from the second uh, FA Cup semi-final between Chelsea and Man United at Wembley it's half time there Chelsea leading by a goal to nil so my first guest tonight is not only a popular name in Cape Town but around the country as well. It's a pleasure to welcome and we say salam to the former Cape Town Spurs Glendine and Santos player Booby Solomons. Welcome and thanks for accepting our invitation. Uh, shukran, salamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all the listeners out there. It's a great pleasure for me to be uh, joining you in Voice of the Cape. Shukran. Uh, Mr. Solomons, now, before we carry on with the conversation, I just want to let you know as well, I've got a secret guest uh, tonight on as well. Uh, I'm going to give you a uh, clue a little bit later. I'm going to test your memory before we chat to him. So uh, you can join in the conversation as well there at home. You can call 021-442-353 or WhatsApp 072-238-0712 for any comments or questions for uh, Booby Solomons. Now, uh, where did it all start for Booby Solomons? Uh, take us to the days before the professional. Era for you? Well, I grew up in the family of uh, football players. My two brothers were football players, Sally and Karim. Um, they were quite good. And it was only natural that I was going to follow in their footsteps because that's all that I heard every day. And as a youngster, I grew up right opposite the Athlone Stadium. And uh, growing up, uh, in front of the Athlon Stadium where all the matches took place. That was even more so that I will become a soccer player and, and a sports person. But I originally started off as an, uh, a sprinter. I was an, uh, an athlete and I did fairly well. I won all my races, most of my races <laughs> up to up to uh, senior school and uh, I was a victor dorum of, of uh, a lot of uh, athletic meetings which means that I won both my uh, uh, sprints and my long jump. So you say you did fairly well, but you won all of them. You're being very moderate, yeah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit tired of talking about mm. myself, but mm. I was reminded today that sometimes 
uh, other the other youth they get inspired by listening mm. to stories like mine mm. because I come from humble beginnings, living in an area where you know it's, it's uh, overpopulated. We had nine uh, children in a family, and you know uh, having to aspire to the things that we can. There are a lot of others out there that have the same talent mm. in the same position that could do the same, and and uh, I'm I have to inspire those guys and those uh, children. So, so then, how did you get your break to play in the professional ranks? Well, I played uh, amateur for for Sinton, and then uh, I was spotted by another person, uh, Patty Dolly, who who had the team that he made up uh, Cape Town Cape Town Spurs. Um, they called us Cape Town Spurs Juniors uh, because we played curtain raiser for Cape Town Spurs, and that was Glendin at the time. So I played for Glendin under sixteen and under eighteen. And then uh, Bernard Hatcher and Joey Lawrence and uh, and uh, the, the former manager Don, uh, he came to our house and I was 16 at the time, and my uh, parents agreed uh, that I could play. But the Western Province board, who handled Captain Spurs, said I was too young, so I didn't uh, sign that year at the 16-year-old. But the next year, uh, Puni Dupree took over as manager, and he signed me as a 17-year-old for Cape Town Spurs. Fantastic. Now, we, we got some comments coming to Armin uh, Levi there. He says, Salam, Bubi. I'm listening to your interview. Very proud of you. That's from Armin uh, Shukran. Armin. Mm-hmm. Now, I must confess, right, mm-hmm. the first time I saw you playing was as a 10-year-old in the 1980 Cup Final at uh, Curry's Fountain. Do you remember Manning that Rangers. one? Against Manning okay. Rangers. Yes, 1980. Now, <laughs> I, I, do you know who's that? <laughs> I'm going to give you a clue. I'm going to give you a clue, uh, Booby, before we chat to this uh, special guest. I'm going to test your knowledge now, right? He was the 1976 FPL Player of the Year. 1976. Uh, Was he from Durban? Yes, he was from Durban. Would you like another clue? Um, was it Charles Carey? No, 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 no. Charles Carey played for Berea. For Berea, Uh, So he was a goalkeeper. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bunny? No, <laughs> no. Mike Moodley. Oh, Mike Moodley. Yes, uh, Mr. Moodley. Good evening. How's Thanks for joining us. Hey, Mike. How is it, Mike? You, you still nice sound so young. You. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> now, uh, we want to talk about that 1980 Cup final. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Manning Rangers versus Cape Town Spurs. Uh, Mike, like I said to Booby, that was my first experience of watching a major cup final at Curry's Fountain, watching you guys play. I remember Cape Town Spurs walking into that stadium and then Manning Rangers as well. Um, talk us through to uh, some of the, to the highlights of that game, uh, Booby. What was the... <laughs> Battle like with Mike and the other Manning Rangers players. I, I would like Mike to to start with with the with the, with the game because I mean he he he, he needs an opportunity to to <laughs> air his, his views. His views. So Mike, you you go for it, Mike. Okay. Um, going into that cup final, Rangers were overwhelming favourites because we had beaten Cape Town Spurs about three weeks prior to that in Durban in a league game. And um, we thought that, yes, we're going to win it quite comfortably. However, (laughs) this one captain called Abu Baker Solomons (laughs) turned this whole game on its head. Uh, Your captaincy in that game turned this game, um, Bobby. I can remember for weeks after end, 
your comments. Basics, boys. Basics. Get down to basics. That word basics never got out of my head. And, uh, yeah, we were leading uh, 1-0. And uh, you guys equalized two minutes into injury time. Uh, gosh. Was it that, that late that they equalized? They equalized in injury time. Two minutes into injury time. Uh, Booby got the ball on the right-hand side. That was on the tech side. <laughs> he knocked the ball across onto Bruce Solomon's head and Bruce equalized. Am I correct, Bobby? Yeah, um, I actually moved to the side because myself and Sally played in the middle, and I was I was trying everything possible to 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 penetrate through the middle, but but the Rangers had us covered through the middle. Then I we, said to to mm. Keith, I said to Keith, I'm going to go wide now, and then when I went wide, they gave me they gave me a through ball, and then I crossed it, and that and that caused the goal. Yes, but we actually yeah. switched switched the tactics. In, at that moment in time, and uh, um, yeah, at that stage of my life, um, I was more like an inspiration on the field, more like a guide, more like a coach, you know, and then a player. Yeah. So I was talking the whole game through. Yeah, you can yeah, remember Bobby, that I was talking the whole game I through. I tell you, <laughs> it was many Rangers against uh, Booby Solomon on that particular <laughs> day. You know, we actually called you Captain Marvel thereafter because. You were the captain, you were the coach, you were the motivator. You were even the slave driver of that Cape Town Spurs team. Without you, they were a lost entity. Because remember, you had all youngsters in that side. You had Ibrahim Jacobs, Sally Adams, Keith America, Calvin Peterson. They were all babies. They just came up to professional and you were hand-rearing them. You had them in your hands and you were teaching these youngsters and nurturing them to be better footballers. And for that, I must congratulate you because these boys went a long way in life. Yeah, thank you very much, Mike. Uh, that was a stage when 10 of Cape Town Spurs players left to join Cape Town City with their manager, yep. Peter Martin. And That's I had correct. to build a new team. And I came from Dynamos. Uh, they, they called me back from Dynamos. And I had to build a new team, and that is where, where those players that Mike just mentioned now, mm. the Keiths and the Calvins and Sally Adams, Shaim Jacobs and those guys, that was when they came about. And we trained. We trained so hard. And even uh, during a rainy nights when not everybody pitched up, you know, our motto was, now we have to train for the guys that's not at training. Mm. That was the motto. And, and really, you know, um, not having dressing rooms, raining at night, Coming from work, we had to strip in a cars, and you know how, how awkward it is to 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 come out of a car into rain and then you must train. But you know what those guys did? They they took a dive in the water first, coming out of the car, took a dive in the water and said, "Now let's train." Mm-hmm. That was the attitude, and that was the 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 determination that we developed at that stage. Okay, gentlemen, we're just going to take an ad break now, and we come back. We'll continue with the discussion. This is. Sports. Welcome back to Inside Sport. We're chatting with our guest, Bowie Solomon's former Cape Town Spurs, Glendine and uh, Santos uh, uh, leader, if we could uh, put that. And we've got uh, our guest on the line, Mike Moodley, former Manning Rangers goalkeeper, 1976 FPL Player of the Year as well. And we'll pick up the conversation at 1980 uh, Cup Final, which uh, um, Cape Town Spurs scored a very, very late equaliser. And the match went into extra time, I take it there, Mike. Yes, the game went into extra time, and this is when Cape Town Spurs showed their superiority with regard to fitness. 
You can see booby drill these youngsters. They were so fit, they ran for that extra time. They actually ran us to the ground. We started making mistakes, etc. And, you know, I must congratulate Booby for that, for the wonderful sterling job he did with that Cape Town side. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Uh, you know, I always had the belief that uh, you don't have to be the best player in the world, but there's absolutely nothing stopping you from being the fittest player in the world. That is totally up to you. And that has also made me how I could play at 17 years old, professional football, not sitting on the bench for one second from the first uh, whistle. That is why I could play professional football at the age of 17 because my body was ready and my mind was ready. And that I try to inculcate to any footballer that I come across because, you know, for me, talent doesn't win you games and talent means nothing if you don't put the hard work in and you and you and you craft and we had far less talented players than a lot of the Durban teams and Johannesburg teams they were far more superior to us where talent is concerned but where Cape Town Spurs always edged them was the fitness level and the psychological uh, determination and aggression to want to win games that is mm. that is where we beat uh, the Durban and the and the Johannesburg teams most times now before we let uh, uh, Mike uh, go Bobby, you obviously played against him on numerous occasions being a goalkeeper and being named the player of the year it's not an easy feat um, how good was Mike Moodley as well as a goalkeeper well look uh, I looked at the picture last month and he was he was almost uh, his feet was almost as high as my shoulders when I was standing in that picture. And I said to myself, yo, look at this elevation. And Mike could, could, could say balls in the top corners, you know, mm. and that was the type of uh, goalkeeper he was. Agile, quick, read the game well, and used to mote his team from the back. Mm. And he probably took note of my motivation because he was their motivator from the back. I mean, Sugar was the captain and that, but Sugar was a quiet guy, you mm. know, very nice, humble guy mm. and so on. So I'm sure guys like Mike, they had to, had to lift uh, the spirits uh, when it was down. And, and I think uh, it's a pity about uh, what happened during that time of apartheid, but I mean, uh, that is past and gone, but mm. Mike would have played for Bafana had we had, a, had the national team Mike would have been the goalkeeper of Bafana at that particular time fantastic uh, Mr. Mutley thanks for thanks. joining um, listen you know when I equate Bubi's performance in that cup final mm-hmm. I equate it to Diego Marad- Maradona mm-hmm. you know Maradona won World Cups for Argentina yeah mm-hmm. he played at the back he played in the midfield he stuck he scored goals Bubi played exactly the same or should I mm-hmm. say Maradona played like Booby. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Moodley, thanks for sharing your, your thoughts and, and your highlights with us. We appreciate it. Have a lovely evening. Further. Thank you, Mike. Nice talking Thank to you. you again. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. You guys go well and congratulations and enjoy this program. Thank that, you, Mike. Well, that, bye for now. That was bye. Mike Moodley, the uh, former Manning Rangers uh, goalkeeper. They're sharing some of his, uh, his experiences with uh, Booby Solomons. Now, Booby, let's talk about some of the other highlights in your career. We know you guys lifted the 1980 Cup Final. Let's talk about some of the other highlights of your career. Yeah, well, as a first-time professional in 1973, uh, we won the league uh, as Cape Town Spurs. 74, we won the league again. 
And then in 75, we won the knockout cup. And then 76, we won the league again. So that was a big highlight in my career. You know, playing professional football for your very first time and winning trophies. I mm. mean, and Cape Town Spurs was the best team in the country at that time. Mm. So it's not just playing for any team, you know. It's playing for the best team in the country in the Federation League because we obviously had three leagues. We had the NPSL, we had the Federation, and we had the NSL. So Cape Town Spurs was the best in the country at that particular time. And winning leagues, that was genuinely a highlight in my career. And being the sportsman of the year for my very first year, with Seiraj Abbas being the, the, the player of the year, I think, I think that set me off in my life as a footballer. And I must thank the Almighty for, for the opportunity that, that He's given me and, you know, for everything that, that, that the Almighty has given me so far. And being the 98 uh, Federation Player of the Year, 1980 player, Federation Player of the Year was was just, was just uh, 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 I the can cherry on the top. Cherry, cherry on the cake, mm. yes. Now, speaking to many of the uh, pro- former professionals, they mentioned, uh, you just mentioned the name now, Siraj Abbas, mm. that you, two of you, uh, got on very well, you clicked very well. What was that relationship like, uh, the two of you? I think you or both of you also went up to Johannesburg and played for Dynamos. Yeah, I think that, that happened right from the start, and, and myself and Siraj just clicked that understanding. And the funny thing was, I was a striker. I was a striker, <laughs> and they made me a centre-back because of my speed, because of my height, my, uh, my, my, my elevation and that. And playing with Siraj, he was a captain at that time. He used to guide me very well. And in actual fact, that Cape Town Spurs team uh, did so much communication on the field that you could play with the eyes closed. So as a young player, I never felt out of place because you had guidance all over you, you know, all around you, yeah. And nice, calm guidance, not not guys shouting at you and screaming, you know. Nice, calm guidance as to what you left. Go forward, come back, hold, pass. You know, things, it's very simple basic terms. Basic stuff. Basic terms, basic things that, that makes the game flow. And we played like Barcelona played mm. at, at that time already in 1973. We played easy football, we played one touch, two touch football, uh, we let the ball do the work, we we knew where to run with the ball, it's exactly the way the modern game is now, that is the type of football that we played, because like I said, we didn't have the talent that the Johannesburg and Durban teams had, so we relied on skill, we relied on intelligence, and we relied on our fitness a lot to uh, play well and to win us games. Uh, talk, talk to us about some of the other uh, teams that you came up against that gave you a hard time, other teams from Durban, um, Johannesburg, and of course some of the players as well that would have given you guys a hard time. Yeah, I think besides Manning Rangers, Berea definitely was the, 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 the best team in the league at that particular time, but unfortunately we managed to pop them mm-hmm. and beat them. Berea had great players, you know, and uh, even the uh, Right from the back, you know. Uh, uh, Dyer so Fiki Valley. Yes, yes. And, and you, you had um, Charles Carey, mm. Kevin Snyman, mm. you know. And on the side is Sadiq Ibrahim, you know. So up front, uh, uh, Scampi Bazisa, mm. you know, th- those were quality players. Those were quality players. And, I mean, um, playing against those guys, you really had to, 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 to pull out all stops. And then going to Johannesburg, we had Bluebells, you know, we had Swaraj, you know, also great players like Luigi Van Anton and uh, Scampi, uh, not uh, um, 
like a row underneath after a game you know trying to track Groven because already the type of body body uh, uh, serves and 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 uh, fakes and before he received the ball already there's one fake or two fakes coming and then when he receives the ball it's another one so he he unbalanced you you know that is not what we see in today's football anymore we don't see that type of of uh fake movements that, that send you the wrong direction and quickly unbalance you and get past you. You know, that is the type of, of plays that, that you really had in, the, in those times. Now, there's a player who I heard a lot about in the 70s. Uh, you would know know him much better. Bernard Dancing Shoes Hotzer. We heard how good he was. Tell us how good he was. Well, I had to play against him, so I know how good he was. And I think I rate him as one of the best products of South Africa ever. The reason for that is he had everything. It's like uh, Pele. Pele had everything. Um, um, some players have a lot of individual ability in certain things, you know, like uh, Maradona, like Messi and so on. But Pele had everything in football and he was good in everything. Now Bernard had that. He had good speed, great control of the ball. He was a good passer of the ball. Finisher, he was an excellent finisher. And he had a body swerve like like putting two or three guys wrong footing. So that type of uh, footballer in my mind, he stands out like uh, they'll say about Zomo Sono, Ace Notzeleng, Tines Ladla. You know, the, those are the type of players that, that, they, that they say was good at that time. Now, I read Bernard much more or better than that because he was intelligent as well. You know, so skill is one factor, but intelligence and knowing when to do your skill and how to do it. For me in the SBSL, there was a lot of showboating a lot of showing off and the defenders were not as sharp and, and firm like we were we, we had guys that would kick you you know if you try and body swim they will kick you mm. and the guys were hard rugged so if you could beat players in our league you, know, you really had to be on top of your game so I, I think Bernard Archer was by far for me the best player that this country produced now did you have any opportunities to play in the other um Associations. We know you mentioned the the NSL. Then there was the uh, the, the so-called White League. Did you get any uh, opportunities to play, or anybody approached you to play? Yes, I I've got a picture in this uh, uh, scrapbook of mine with with an article mm. where it says black player trains with Hellenic. I had an opportunity mm. to to train with Hellenic at the age of 19 years old, being unaware of the political situation, you know, and not knowing what uh, about anything. I was invited there, and immediately it was in the newspaper in the August back page mm. and uh, immediately my brothers came to me my family came to me said to me no 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 Bubi, this is a situation you can't and I immediately stopped and from that time onwards I even advised others not to go because we fought uh, 
uh, in the way of sport. We fought for the country and we survived. And, and I think sport played a major role in, in, in abolishing the, the apartheid laws of the country. But I had more opportunities after that. I also had an opportunity to go to America with Bernard Hatcher and uh, Siraj Abbas. But unfortunately, my ankle broke. And then Siraj didn't go because I didn't go, but Bernard went. So we, the three of us were signed uh, for Tampa Bay Rowdies. At that time, Eddie Fomani, who was a South African, he became the manager of Tampa Bay Rowdies in America. And they wanted guys to play with Pele and, and Franz Beckenbauer and those guys. But they looked for a bit of cheapish, you know, mm. to play with those great guns. Mm. So we would, have, we, we would have played with those guys in, in, in the same team and in the same leagues. Now let's touch a little bit on the stadiums you played as we we we're going to talk about Curry's Fountain later on. Um, Athlone Stadium was the main stadium here in Cape Town. What was it like playing at the Athlone Stadium? Wow! If you if you run out of 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 the tunnel at Athlone Stadium, you get goosebumps. And I think that was one of the factors that motivated me and other players coming out there. There's eleven thousand uh, people at a normal game at a at a derby. There'll be twenty five thousand, thirty thousand people, and on a Monday night you know 11,000 15,000 was mm. was the average crowd on a Monday night and you must know there was Friday night football as well so the type of of, of support and the type of uh, in- intervention that the crowd had you know they just lifted you they inspired you they shouted you you if you make a mistake you'll mm. get a you'll, you'll, you'll get an earful <laughs> but we could take it you know yeah. we could take it and then it inspired us because you could hear our people easily when they when they're not happy with you, mm. so and but that inspires you. It, 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 that must lift you. If people uh, criticize you, it must actually lift you. Mm. And I think today's uh, people, today's football people, and and other sport, they can't take criticism. And uh, uh, criticism really is good for you because it sends you a message. And the only way to silence those people is to prove them wrong. And and that is what we did at, at, at our time. And then if we move up to Johannesburg, what was it, the Elanasia Stadium? Which stadiums did you play there? Yeah, we played in Lens. Um, we played in Vereniging. Um, we played at Park as well. And I mean, um, when after 96, when we won the league, then uh, five of us was approached by Dynamos um, to play in Johannesburg. But I was an electrical apprentice at that time, and I said, I can't go up. I wanted to finish uh, being uh, having something behind my name. And I said, the only way I can play for you is if you fly me up every game. And lo and behold, they did. For three, for two seasons, I flew up every weekend. So you trained in Cape Town. I, you only went on match day to play in, for Dynamo. Yes. And, and for me, it, 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 I thought nobody would believe me 15, 20 <laughs> years down the line. And I kept all my tickets. Uh. I kept all my plane tickets because you must know, Okay, uh, flying, flying at that time was unheard of. Eh? I mean, prof- playing professional football, we travelled with kumbis from Cape Town. We mm. travelled in like uh, half half buses, you know, with, uh, with things wrong. And mm. and flying every every game, flying up on Friday, flying back on Sunday, it was it was something enormous. But after two years, I got tired because. I had no uh, friends and, 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 and playmates around me. You know, I had to come in the plane, come home, think about the game myself. But I had to train hard because going to Johannesburg, every weekend, 
They used to watch me to see whether I'm training in Cape Town or not, if I'm sitting or, or having a nice time. I mean, being a, a teenager and, you know, um, having all the, the, the distractions easily. But I trained very hard and I was even fitter than those guys that trained under those coaches there. Now, uh, we can't talk Federation Professional Football mm-hmm. if we don't talk about Curry's Fountain. That was the mecca of non-racial sport. Every cup final was played there. Uh, the ground used to be packed. You guys used to come from Cape Town. If the team Blue Belt or whichever team from Johannesburg had to travel to Durban, what was it like playing at Curry's Fountain? That was really magic. Playing at Curry's Fountain was magic. I mean, if you if you compare to Wembley in England, uh, the Azteca maybe in in in, in Mexico. That, that is uh, that is really uh, uh, a magic, you know, going there. And what was very fortunate for us is we have a, we had a supporters club in Durban, so we had a supporters club, and we had lots of uh, fans with our T-shirts on. And going there, we we, we felt like home. And it was so crowded when you get in there. I mean, and we got standing ovations because you look, Cape Town people, Cape Town guys are nice guys. We Uh, Booby, let's just uh, pause there. We're just going to take a quick ad break and we come back. We'll continue that uh, conversation. This is Inside Sports. Welcome back. You're listening to Inside Sport. My guest tonight is uh, the former Cape Town Spurs, Glenn Dean and Santos, uh, Captain Booby Solomons. But before we continue with that discussion on Curry's Fountain, I got a message here coming through from uh, Janudin. Salam, Booby, tell them that Athlon Stadium was two fields and how you sat on the wall watching soccer yeah there was uh, the small edge stadium and there was a big one so um i used to i used to jump over the wall eh? sometimes I, I i i didn't have money so i used to uh. jump over the wall and watch <laughs> the games you know uh, there was one time there was an athletic meeting there and uh, the guys put the dogs after me <laughs> <laughs> but you were quick enough you could have gotten away <laughs> yes but 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 those were the good old days man mm. we used to do those things yes. i mean it was fun it, we enjoyed ourselves mm. and we were naughty but naughty in a different way absolutely <laughs> absolutely so we're ch- chatting about curry fountain you were saying it was a dream to play there yeah absolute dream eh? absolute dream because already the game is at three o'clock yeah 10 o'clock 11 o'clock that stadium would be would be full already i mean the passion that those guys had in durban it's an, it's not a wonder that they used it for 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 all the cup finals i mean even even if you were an away team they used to support you they used to encourage you but obviously uh, uh, when the game starts then then they are, are on on their team side and like i said we we had a supporters club we had a guy called jacob Dai who was the uh, uh, running our supporters club danny manikam you know we must say thank you to those people that looked after us we used to travel with kumbis and you know, we flew only some games, uh, finals and so on, but we used to travel with Kumbis. It was tough because even when you get to areas like Bloemfontein and so on, you can't get go into the shops. Mm. You have to go around a corner. It's a small cubicle that they serve you through. You know, you can't eat what you want to. And being a Muslim also, you have to be careful what you eat. But arriving in Durban, 
everything opened up. We used to stay in Overport at the at the Admiral, Admiral Hotel. Hotel yes. yes, at the Admiral Hotel, and there in Overport, in that surrounding areas, that people got to know us, and mm. and we, we we made friends in 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 those flats and and all that, and they, we were like children, like children living there. You know, yeah. and they used to look after us. And then coming to the field, you know, the atmosphere, the buzz and so on, it really lifts you. And that is another 5% or 10% of your energy that mm. you get, you know, playing a game. Because, I mean, uh, uh, all the officials will be there, all the top boys, the, 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 the president, and, and, and everybody will be sitting there in the, in, in the area and uh, around the field, the children would be playing. And even right around the field, I mean, the, the, the people were close to the field mm. and we never had problems. We never had problems, people running on the field when we scored goals and things like that. People were disciplined. They loved football and they loved it that Cape Town Spurs play against a Durban team or whatever the case may be. And really, that they, they really loved us. And I mean, guys like Buddy Governor and, and so on, me, meeting them in, in our life and, and playing against them. It's, a, it's really that that family uh, that we had. We had a football family. We didn't, we didn't. Uh, um, can I can say, uh, fight each other off the field. We would play hard against each other off the field. They would even offer supper or lunch. You know, that was that was federation that time. Mm-hmm. When they used to come to Cape Town, we played a game. And after the game, we give them uh, food to eat. We give them nice things. We give them, you know, that was the family atmosphere. And that really built us as, as South Africans. Uh, and that made us good sportsmen, mm-hmm. you know, in not only good players, but good sportsmen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even like the referees. I mean, we, we had the referees that took no nonsense. You know, but after the game we would shake hands, and there was never a problem. You know, and and that was that was a really a good example to 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 show others how you must behave as a sportsman, and not thinking that you are the guy playing professional football, and you know nothing can touch you. So so post retirement and then post ninety four in new era, you obviously had a very successful uh, coaching career, uh, Santos, Bloom Celtic. Um, talk us through some of the highlights uh, of your career as a coach. Yeah, after '89, I was a coach of Santos '89. You know, 2003, mm. and, and we won, we won leagues and mm. so on. But uh, in the new era, um, we competed in, in 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 the new dispensation, and it was quite tough. It was quite tough because now it was a step up, and everything was different. And uh, in 2000, I was the assistant coach for Clive Barker, and uh, uh, he was a lovely guy to work with, mm-hmm. uh, excellent guy. I used to train the team, and and used to come like a few days before the game, and 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 then we won the Bob Save in in 2000, and then the very next year we got uh, Gordon Eagerson. I again trained the team, make the team fit, and all that. Gordon Eagerson came, and we won the league. So I won the league as assistant coach. Then Gordon left, and I took over completely. And uh, we won the top eight as myself as the head coach uh, against Sundowns. And uh, 2002, um, we won the EPSA Cup. And Gordon was the coach of of, uh, of Ajax at that time. And we played the final against Ajax Santos. We won the final and I was the head coach. And myself and, and Farouk was with me as well, uh, Khan. So, yes, uh, that was the, 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 the era there. And we won four major trophies at Santos at that particular time. 
And obviously, um, then uh, I'm, I, I moved on, you know, I, I went to Marysburg and uh, I coached Marysburg for a brief period. And the very next year, uh, Bitwiswits were relegated and um, they asked me to come. And then I went to Johannesburg and immediately from the very first game, we were on top of the log and we finished, we finished the log and we managed to, to uh, get Bitwiswits back into the, into the PSL, in the, into top flight. Mm. So that was a, 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 a great uh, achievement for me because having won trophies in Federation, having won trophies in the PSL, and then winning the league in the NFD was another feather in my cap, you know. So I won leagues and trophies uh, uh, throughout my, my, my career. And, and that I, I'm very thankful for to the Almighty for giving me that that uh, opportunities and, and that ability because, you know, there's nothing we can do without the, the Almighty uh, 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 helping us and guiding us along. And then after that, I went to Black Leopards. I coached Black Leopards mm. in, in, in Toyandu. That was another experience for me. I can imagine. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's close to the border, isn't it? Yeah, and it's hot there. It's hot there. 40 degrees in the shade, uh, you know. So, <laughs> so but you hot. lived there permanently while you were coaching, I, right? I lived there, yes. And, and what nice people uh, they uh. are, you know, humble people, you know, rural areas, you uh, they are a different breed, you know, and, and that is a really, it, it was a, a, a nice change for me. Had I lived in Cape Town, I wouldn't have known all these mm. things. And the different people, different cultures, different habits, different ways, what make them happy, what make them sad, mm. you know, all these things. And then I came back to Cape Town. I was at Santos again, and then I, I left again. I went to Bloemfontein <laughs> Celtic. Uh, I suppose that's the job of a coach. You, there's no guarantee. You know, it's results-based, and then obviously if it doesn't work out, you have to move on. Yes, and, and I, I'm actually very happy that I did it because I experienced a lot of uh, different cultures and, 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 and religions and people. Had I stayed, as I say, had I stayed in Cape Town, I wouldn't have known that. I can even speak Venda, you know, so it was a great opportunity. Let's just go for an ad break and we'll continue uh, with Booby after this. This is Inside Sports. Welcome back. Uh, it's the final 10 minutes of the show, Booby. It's amazing when we're having fun time just flies. We've got a few comments here. Um, Suleiman David says he's enjoying the uh, discussion. I've got uh, another comment from Madhu Singh in Durban. He says, Coach Booby, you have inspired me from the 80s until today. I'm still learning the game from you. You are an inspiration to many people and coaches that you are not aware of. Great job, sir. Mustafa Obere says, our very own Captain Marvel, Booby Abu Bakr Solomons. Uh, we got uh, another comment here from uh, Shafi. Assalamu alaikum. Ask Booby what he thinks about the sale of his former club, Bidvest Fitz. <laughs> don't know if you want to comment on that, Booby. But yeah, well, before, uh, before we go, which is just about eight minutes left. You've got a coaching manual, uh, which came out a few years ago. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about that. Yeah, alhamdulillah, I'm the first South African coach that has produced a coaching manual. And this is just because I used to make notes all throughout my career about certain things. And uh, when I did coaching courses, I studied, I studied football, you know, and having studied football is actually what helped me coaching teams and even as a captain playing my role on the field of play. So people used to ask me, uh, you know, for coaching methods and coaching drills and things like that. And then I thought to myself, why don't I put this together? 
So Alhamdulillah in 2010 the book was launched and uh, CNA and Exclusive Books wanted to charge too much for the book at that time. In 2010 they wanted 350 rand for the book and that's why it's not, I'm just not in, on the shelf. So I sell it out of hand and I sold Alhamdulillah over 1,500 books already. But but by not advertising it, mm. so it's a very good manual. It's a good uh, learning uh, material for somebody that, that wants to 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 promote himself. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Um, let us touch a little bit about the na- on the national team. Get your thoughts and your views on that. We went from uh, winning the the Afcon in 1996, and basically we've just gone downhill from there on. What do you think we can put that down to? I think we still have a lot of talent in the country, but we need to we need to choose the correct players, and mm-hmm. also we must keep uh, the administrators out of selections. Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, at that time when we won the the Afric Fcon, we had a lot of different types of players. We had uh, Eric Tinkler, we had Neil Tovey, we had Andre Arnold, so we had Mark Williams, we had Bennett McCarthy. So we had different type of players. But I think our biggest problem now is we want to have the same type of player in the national team. Mm. We can't have the same type of player in the game and expect uh, to win things. I mean, we can't have 11 Maradonas or 11 Messi's. You will never win. And that, I think, is a big problem. We, we're selecting players of similar type and similar styles. That is why we can't score goals. And we can keep the ball, yes. You know, we can keep the ball for long periods, but we hardly cross the, the, the attacking third. And when we get into the attacking third, we, we, we don't know what to do. Mm. There's no directness in the attacking third. So we don't have people that can uh, put the ball in the net. So I think if we change our mentality, if we, if we again look at balance and, and, and look at different types of players, and uh, and then make it into a team. I think that then we will be able to stand a chance again. I mean, we we struggle against uh, Namibia. We struggle against Minos. Botswana. We we struggle against uh, uh, Lesotho. I mean, those people they they don't even have fo- football fields, man. You know, so why must we struggle against teams like that? I'm sure you would agree with me. I mean, uh, in Africa, we should be the powerhouse of the continent because we've got the best league, we've got the best cups, the money. In, in our association and we should be dominating not battling to qualify for AFCON and World Cups exactly and we've got we've got of the best coaches as well mm. I mean if if we look at uh, what we are doing now I'm, and I'm I'm working extensively with the youth coaches trying to get them up to standard but there's so much talent out there and we need to give the people a chance you know and uh, we can't anymore look at uh, uh, who it is that, that we need to get in there we must go to look at quality mm-hmm. we go, we've got to be honest we've got to be uh, 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 cutthroat in when we decide on a, a team or a squad and we must pick the best okay you're gonna miss you're gonna miss uh, out uh, one or two down the line but still I, th- I still feel that if we get the right balance together then I think we can still stand a very good chance to challenge like uh, Ghana to challenge Cameroon to challenge uh, uh, Egypt, Egypt, Egypt yeah. you know uh, uh, Morocco you know we can challenge those teams mm-hmm. I mean I don't think we can uh, uh, do good against uh, the European teams right now but there's a possibility because 10 years ago Belgium was number 66th in the world 10 years True. ago today they are number one mm. 
number one with a small country. So if a, if a country like Belgium can do something like that. I mean, I, I got a fright when I heard that Belgium was number one. Yeah. And 10 years ago, 66th. And what did they do? And that is what I'm focusing on now. Yeah. Doing a lot of workshops, educating coaches, getting the right information out to people. Because that is really what we need. We need our youngsters to grow up with the right type of, of coaching so that when they get to 17, 18 years old, then then they are, are, are good enough to compete against the rest of the world and against the rest of Africa. Just before we uh, go, uh, Bobby, just quickly, you touched a little bit on what you're currently doing. Tell us a little bit more about what you're currently doing. I know you're coaching um, and you're helping out a few teams. Just yeah, tell got, us a little I've, bit about I've, that. I, I'm the director of coaching for South Cape Town, so mm-hmm. I do coaching courses. I do coaching education, and I also have an academy that I've started because I'm no more with a professional club, so I've got to get some income, you know, put food on the table and, that, and I help out the team in Paul, uh, you know, as well. But my focus is on I want to go into the universities, into the schools, uh, educating the teachers, educating the, the, the pupils, the sports management pupils, so that they can get a good background about football, so that our youth can get quality coaching from young. Bobby Solomons, first of all, I must thank you for accepting my invite. You're my very first guest on Inside Sport. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Unfortunately, time flies. We could continue the discussion, but thank you so much. It's a pleasure. And to all the listeners out there, assalamu uh, alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It was really a pleasure for me to be on, on the air and it's a pleasure for me to be in the studio of Voice of the Cape. Absolutely. I trust you enjoyed the show there back home. Uh, that's the, the, uh, what we want to do here, bring the legends into the studio, uh, football, cricket, rugby, uh, any sport. Any sport. If you know any legends, you can uh, contact us at Voice of the Cape and we'll try and get hold of them. We want them to share their stories with us. We want to listen to their sto- stories and uh, let everybody in uh, Voice of the Cape uh, territory, country, uh, about uh, the story of our legends, um, you know, who've missed out, those that could have played uh, national sport. All we can do is uh, let's listen to the stories and appreciate the things that they've been through and let them share their experience with us. Uh, so uh, that's it from me, Firo Sheikh. Uh, hopefully I'll be back with another legend next week, maybe a different sporting coat, but I'll be back on the tri- drive time tomorrow at half past five with all the latest uh, sporting news coming through. This is the latest from the second FA Cup uh, semi-final between Manchester United and Chelsea. 90 minutes into that game, just a couple of minutes left there. Chelsea leading 3-1 at the moment, so the winner of this game will take on Arsenal. Arsenal winning yesterday, of course, uh, beating Manchester City uh, so they'll uh, take on uh, Arsenal there in the final on the 1st of August uh, Mr. Solomons I know you don't have a team so I'm not going to ask you what you, your thoughts on the game you you uh, just support uh, uh, individuals so that's it for me Firo Sheikh I hope you enjoyed the show Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh Radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo.